And it was interesting to see the variety of reactions I got as I spoke about this with them. So everyone was supportive. Some people really wanted to know all the details. How did this happen? How could this have happened? Other people were there to just vibe with me, just, oh, this is so horrible. And yet other people were just thinking about the way forward, like, okay, let's focus. What can you do about this? Welcome to the 46th episode of the Leader Rising podcast. I'm your host and coach, Paul Carvanis. We're here for the lovers and fighters, the dreamers and writers, the parents and the students of life. We're here for people who want to be themselves in a world that tries them to be anything but. Last year, I was going through a real tough time. Something had happened, and it was just incredibly unfair, and with potentially serious consequences. Just incredibly unfair. And it was one of those things where I was trying to fight it, but it looked like I was just going to have to eat it. And I talked to a whole bunch of people who are really close to me. My parents, my sister, my wife, one or two really good friends. And it was interesting to see the variety of reactions I got as I spoke about this with them. So everyone was supportive. Some people really wanted to know all the details. How did this happen? How could this have happened? Other people were there to just vibe with me, just, oh, this is so horrible. And yet other people were just thinking about the way forward, like, okay, let's focus. What can you do about this? I just finished reading this book, Chatter, by Ethan Cross. He talks about our mind's internal self-talk and how it has the ability to turn into chatter. Chatter that holds us back, that can freeze us up. He even talks about studies that were done in the aftermath of disasters. I can't remember if it was like 9 or 11 or, or some of the mass shootings. They found that talking about one's experiences didn't always correlate was feeling better after a period of time. And in some cases, actually, it was the opposite. And he was pretty surprised about this. And actually, so was I to read it, right? Because isn't talking about these things supposed to be what makes us feel better? So he basically draws a distinction about how we talk to other people and how we have other people talk to us. He says, when our minds are bathed in chatter, we display a strong bias towards satisfying our emotional needs over our cognitive ones. In other words, when we're upset, we tend to overfocus on receiving empathy rather than finding practical solutions. And he says, what happens is if you only focus on the emotional support, you end up continually bringing up the feelings again and stuck in a rumination trap where the feelings actually get magnified as if in an echo chamber. Of course, the, the other end of the spectrum is not focusing all on the emotional needs, is how we find people who uh, we feel don't actually see us or, or meet us where we are. And so it can be a bit of a tricky balance to walk in between. And, and I saw this in terms of the responses I got. I felt a little bit undermined by the people who just wanted to go into all the details to see if I'd done wrong. I felt it was totally not helpful for the people who came out with super strong reactions, just yelling about what an injustice it was. And instead, you know, the most helpful one was, yeah, that f***ing sucks. And like a little bit more, 
and then talking about how, okay, well, what can you do? What are the next steps? And it was interesting. I actually used a number of the tools in this book without realizing it in order to make myself feel a bit better in the aftermath of it. Like going big picture, talking about how, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. Normalizing the experience, talking about how anybody would feel like this if it had happened to them. And even reframing it as a challenge. Like actually, it's best that it's me because I can handle this. And maybe others couldn't. So Ethan Cross says that what you need to do when you're helping someone is you address their emotional needs and their cognitive needs. You need to meet them where they are. And at the same time, you also need to try and help them gain perspective, see the big picture, and decide on a course of action to move beyond where it is that they're stuck. Here in Ontario, third wave is hitting yet another lockdown after a full year into this when we thought we'd be seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's pretty hard. You can bet that there are people around you who are not doing that well. And so I invite you to reach out to someone you care about and see how they're doing and see if you can address both their emotional and their cognitive needs. We're never wanting for people who are in need of our support and we need support too. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. I remember one particularly big response, like, ah, oh, that's ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And I just sort of like paused and stopped. And after a little bit said, well, that's not really that helpful, is it? I'm like, ah, oh, no. No, I've, I've talked it out a lot right now. Like now I just need to get past it. And you can just ask for what you need. Until next time, ask for what you need and dream big and live bigger. Peace. Peace.